Good morning. Good morning. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and welcome Jesus into this place. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Jesus, you are welcome in this place, Lord. We pray, Jesus, that your spirit uh, would abide here, would take residency here. Uh, we pray, Jesus, that you would lead, guide, direct each and every um, thing going on in the church. And Jesus, you know what's going on in people's lives. Jesus, things, Lord, that are seen, but things that are unseen, Heavenly Father. But you, Lord, are the lover of our soul. And we praise you, Jesus, for taking care of us because you love us. We are your children. Thank you for coming here today, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Um, I was uh, reading something online, and it really caught my attention. Grant Snow had put it out, and I thought, well, this looks like a fascinating article. So I read it, and as I read it, I thought, wow, Jesus is in this. Jesus is in this. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and read it to you, and, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about it in Jesus' name. So, okay, it's uh, Grant put at the very beginning of it that he didn't know if this was true or not, but... Um, but it's a great story nonetheless, and that's what he's had to say about it. So the name of the article is Be Still and Know That I Am God. I saw this gentleman, Tim, in Boston's Logan Airport with the sister he'd been visiting. It appeared he was both deaf and blind, as I observed her signing into his hand to feel her words. When he came aboard the plane, he had been assigned the middle seat of my row. The kind gentleman who had the aisle seat graciously gave it up for him. At this point, Tim was traveling alone. The flight attendants sincerely wanted to assist him, but had no way to communicate. As I watched as they didn't, I'm sorry, I watched as they didn't flinch when he reached out to touch their faces and arms. They took his hand and tried so hard to communicate with him to no avail. He had some verbal ability, but clearly could not understand them. The man who had given up his seat did his best to assist him with things like opening coffee creamer and putting it in his coffee. And when Tim made the attempt to stand up and feel his way to the restroom, his seatmate immediately was up to help him. The flight attendants were talking amongst themselves, and someone suggested paging to see if anyone on board knew sign language. Whoops. That's, oh, wait a minute. There we go. If anyone knew sign language on board, and that's when this lovely young woman came into the picture. Fifteen years old, she had learned ASL because she had dyslexia, and it was the easiest foreign language for her to learn. 
For the rest of the flight, she attended to Tim and made sure that his needs were met. It was fascinating to watch as she signed one letter at a time into his hand. He was able to read her signing, and they carried on an animated conversation. When he asked her if she was pretty, she blushed and laughed as the seatmate, who had learned a few signs, communicated an enthusiastic yes to Tim. I don't know when I've ever seen so many people rally to take care of another human being. All of us in the immediate rows were laughing and smiling and enjoying his obvious delight in having someone to talk to. Huge kudos to the flight attendants of Alaska Airlines who went above and beyond to meet Tim's needs. I can't say enough about this beautiful young woman named Clara who didn't think twice about helping her fellow passenger. It was a beautiful reminder in this time of too much awfulness that there are still good, good people who are willing to look out for each other. Hashtag Alaska Airlines. And then there's a credit that goes out to Lynette Scribner. Doesn't God love us? He loves each and every one of us more than we know. There, uh, the Bible is full of uh, scriptures that tell us this. We need to believe it. We need to grab a hold of it. And if it's hard to do or comprehend, we need to ask him and continue to ask him and continue to ask him to put it in our hearts to know that we are loved. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that indeed you do love us. You take care of our needs, Heavenly Father, in ways, Jesus, that are just so beyond us, Lord. Here, this gentleman wasn't expecting this, but Lord, he made so many wonderful friends on that flight that took such care of him and love, and had love for him. Lord, we pray, Jesus, that we can be used such as these people and this young girl, Lord. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, or maybe you've known Jesus, but you've walked away, we pray, Lord, that you, Jesus, would reveal your heart to them. We pray that you would reveal your love Lord, we have a choice, but Jesus, may you reveal your such, yourself with such love, Lord, that we couldn't say no to you. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive us of anything we said, anything we did, any thoughts, anything. And we now invite you into our lives in Jesus' name to abide and abode with you, Lord, and for you to do the same with us. Cleanse us, Lord, we pray. We love you, Jesus. And may we try to live for you in Jesus' name. And one last thing, people. This is a wonderful church. It's called the Pulse in Gasaway. We get wonderful teaching here. John Fowler is our pastor. If you need a church to go to, May I make a suggestion?
come here. We want to see you. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to see you here. You'll be loved. You'll be fed. And your money, your tithe, and your offering goes to Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, honey. That was awesome. <clears throat> For those of you like ourselves that think, oh, if I could just find the center of God's will, oh, if I could just be in harmony with him and doing his will, we all have those dreams and hopes, right? Well, let me give you some encouragement. Any time, at any moment, hear me out, you feel that like God has given you an assignment or given you a leading, whether it be for a few minutes or an hour or a day, at that moment, you are in the center of his will at that moment. It's subject to change as you go through your day or life, but when you're faithful to any leading of the Holy Spirit and you obey, at that moment, you are in the center of his will. And all things that happen next revolve around that event. I hope that encourages some of you there. <clears throat> I'm John Sandy. My wife, Cynthia Sandy. This is the Paulson Gasaway. We also have a church in Winfield with Jay Mace, Pastor Jay Mace. <clears throat> awesome ministers, both of them. John Fowler here, and uh, we'll be hearing him in just a little while. We are on a living sacrifice, and we are on part three, and we're glad to have you along with us. Before I got up, I prayed for God that whatever your need is today, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, financially, spiritually, whatever it is today, I pray that during this class that you would feel the ministry of the Holy Spirit and God would help you. So whatever your need is, lock in and claim. Why do I say claim? Because he has already promised we are ready to receive. Amen. John 7, 17, as we can begin our next step. John 7, 17 from the NIV. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Well, anyone who chooses to do the will of God. How are you going to know by wanting to do the will of God if what someone is saying or doing is of God? You must be able to support it with the Word. We've got a lot of crazy ideas out there, people that are elaborating on the Scripture, taking away and adding to the Scripture, doing all kinds of things. If we know the Word and then hide it in our hearts so that we can retain it, then we are now in a position to evaluate things coming at us. If someone teaches something, they should be able to back it with the Word of God. Everything. Do not do anything if you cannot support it by the Word of God, by an affirming witness of a godly man or woman, and the leading of the Holy Spirit in your own life. God wants you to know before anyone else what you're called to do. God wants you to know before anyone else what you're to do that day. It is a very personal relationship. Now, does he speak to the gifts of other people, and are we, are we thankful for that? Absolutely, yes and amen. But they are to confirm 
what God is wanting to do with you. If you a, a good definition of being on milk is when you get all of your leadings and information from someone else. That's a good sign that you're on milk. I ought to do a whole thing on if you got milk. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of things that tell us when we're on milk, and that is certainly one of them. They are to confirm what God is wanting to do. And through their gifts, through their gifts, they help us in a wonderful way. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 4.18, also from the NIV. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal and temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. That's quite a chasm there between the two. So we fix our eyes. Now, he's speaking spiritually. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but as what is unseen. I believe that God has given us a sixth sense. We always talk about the five senses, right? And some people say, oh, you believe in that mind stuff. Now, I'm not talking about that. When I say sixth sense, I'm talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. God wants to talk to you. He wants to guide you. Is your antenna up? So we fix our eyes on those things that are unseen, those things that dwell in the supernatural. Now, when I first started this series a few weeks ago, I made this comment. A living sacrifice is a place. A living sacrifice is a place. And when we get to the end of this teaching, I'm going to pull together and show you what I meant by that. So don't forget that. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, here's where we're going back to the Scripture that is basically the nucleus of this topic of living sacrifice. What I want to do is read it one more time, then I want to break it down for you a little bit. Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the New King James Version. So if you guys don't mind, when I finish this, leave it up because I'm going to break it down from there. Thank you so much, Andy and, and DJ, DJ D and all you. You're so wonderful. such a great help. Appreciate you so much. And people like Mike that play the drums that are so faithful and others that have assignments like Don or husband. We just have some wonderful, wonderful people here. And as Cynthia said, we invite you to be with us and join us and be a part of something God is in. Can you always say that? Can you always say that you're doing something that God is in? We hope that we are. But do you, how many times do you know that what you do in God is in? It's pretty exciting, isn't it? When you find out God's in it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is one scripture that covers it all. <laughs> I love it. So let's break it down a little bit. Beseech. Now watch the scripture up there on your phones or Bibles. Follow along there. Because I'm not going to repeat every word in, the, in this verse in 1 and 2, but I'm going to pick out certain key elements of it that I think might help us and encourage us so that if you read it again, you may be enlightened and have better understanding. Because God doesn't want us just to know the Word, he, to read the Word and memorize it. He wants us to know it by experience. It's, there's nothing like experience. 
to teach us, right, honey? We tell our kids all the time, if you just listen to us while you're little, trust us, I believe we can help you to avoid some pitfalls in life. So it's, it is important that we know the Word by heart through experience. Let me say that again. You need to know the Word by heart through experience. Why experience? Because then now it becomes, are you ready, a living Word. If you're wondering what that meant. You have the Word, but now it becomes the living Word. Well, first of all, the living Word is always present, and it applies to everything you're going through, and it never gets old or rusty. So we, through experience, hide the Word in our heart, and it becomes the living Word. Now we can put our sword out and, and use it in battle, because now we know the Word. We know not to add or take away from it. We know not to dilute it. Like I mentioned, the archbishop last year, last week, in, um, I think it was in uh, England, that wants to take our father out of the Bible because it's problematical to him. You take out anything Jesus said, and Jesus said that. He said, pray this way, our Father. You take that out, you take out anything Jesus says. If you have a problem with Jesus, then you have lost me on any issue you want to talk about. Because everything comes back to one single truth. Everything in life comes back to one single truth. And that is His truth. So if you vary around His truth to get to where you want to go, you are on your own. You are on your own. Okay, beseech, to ask urgently and fervently to do something. Paul, now this, is, this scripture is Paul talking to the Romans in um, the Greek city of Corinth, okay? So this is him talking. So, he spoke, I beseech you, I almost beg you, Paul says. Brethren, very simply put, men and women. You know, the Bible, I know that people have a problem with the fact that it refers to, to God as he and Jesus as he. And, of course, he was a male on earth, uh, but they're all spirit, and the Holy Spirit is he and brethren. I know that. Part of the culture, I realize that. But it is in reference to all people, men and women. By the mercies of God, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm. God chose compassion. Aren't you thankful? Amen. Aren't we thankful that God chose compassion? You know, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about God could have been any kind of God he wanted? He could have been a mean God. Satan could have been the good guy. I mean, and he lost, and the, and the Democrats, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to say, and uh, <laughs> Jesus, help me. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Jesus, help me here. Um, so anyway, so he is telling us that he chose compassion. Aren't we grateful? We serve a loving God. We serve an awesome God. We serve a forgiving God. A compassionate God. We are so blessed that He chose to be this kind of God. He's gone to prepare a place for us. So by the mercies of God, you know, there's mercy and there's grace, right? Mercy is not receiving what you deserve. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. And He's got you covered on mercy and grace. Isn't that awesome? I mean, there's great hope, folks. You be encouraged today. 
<clears throat> we have a great hope in Christ. Living sacrifice, which is our topic, a decisive dedication of your bodies, presently all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Folks, a living sacrifice is the whole ball of wax. You cannot be a living sacrifice and offer up just part of your life. Well, I'll give you this time of my day. I'll give you this part of my job. I'll give you this talent. I'll give you this ability. I'll give you this surplus, but not over here. No. A living sacrifice is a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. A living and holy sacrifice as an offering, living, living and sanctified. Amen. Holy speaks for itself, but here's how I wrote it. <clears throat> I like this. Holy, the highest rank of God's personality. <laughs> it gets me excited because I'm thinking God does everything based upon His holiness. God doesn't get in the flesh, <laughs> ain't got no body. God doesn't get in the flesh. God doesn't ever choose to do His will as, a, as far as opposed to what He has promised. See, everything God promised, He sticks to. There's not a single thing that God has said, I will do, that He will not stick to throughout eternity. He will never go back. In fact, there are examples in the Bible where God gives a, prom a promise, and generations later, Jesus, God says, I kept this promise. I'm keeping this promise. So if he gives you any word outside the Bible, you claim everything in the word of God, but he gives you a personal word, folks, you can stand up. He will never back off of that. God will never change his mind. If he gives you any promise, you hold on to it to high water. You hold on to it to the very end of your life. Don't you ever ever let go of a promise that's in the Word of God or one that He has personally given to you. Amen. Acceptable to God. Not just knowing that what we are doing pleases Him, I like this, but that we are pleased doing His will. That's pretty good. I wrote it, but I need to go. I'm alone up here. I got, I'm not anyone. Okay, so let me read that again. Not just knowing that what we are doing pleases Him. That, it's wonderful to know when we please Him. Don't you love that? Don't you love when you kind of feel like, I think I put a smile on His face today? Don't you just love that feeling that I think I did the right thing? Isn't that a great feeling? But that we are pleased doing it. Are you glad you're doing it? Or do you have to look like, you know, your mouth is all shriveled up. You're doing God's, I'm doing it. I don't want to. I'm going to do it. It's like your parents, you know, okay, Mom, I don't want to do it, but I'll go. You want me to go, I'll go. No, it's when you are pleased doing it as well. That's part of coming to oneness and being a living sacrifice. Reasonable service, doing His will the way He wants us to. That's it. Let's do it His way. I have a little saying Honesty is the straightest line between point A and point B. When you're honest with God, you have to lay yourself open to Him to be honest. That's vulnerable. When you're honest, 
It's like Reese Howes on the, Bible, on the book he wrote called The Intercessor. He got to a place where God asked him to do something, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Here's what God asked him. I love this. He said, how are you willing to be made willing? He thought about it. He said, Lord, I can do that. Isn't that wonderful? When God asks you to do something, you just feel like you don't know how to do it. And he said, okay, let's, let's try us another way. That's how awesome he is. He will never give up on you if you don't give up on him. You stick with him, he'll stick with you. He'll go to the edge of hell with you. He'll have plans for you. Thrills, romance, and adventure. All the, of course, the Bible tells us that we will be tempted. The Bible tells us that, that there will be persecutions. He tells us that. He's open about that. But if we'll do what he wants us to do, we have to be honest and willing. And that honesty is the straightest point between A and B. Conform to his world. Conform to his world. Know the difference. Don't let the world deceive you. Wow. And we are living in a world that's greatly deceived. In a world where a very small percentage of our population has worked its way into high positions and is trying to rule the other 97%, 98% of us. They're deceived. If we really believe that there is only one truth, now listen, if we really believe there's really only one truth, then anything outside the will of God is a lie. And if you embrace it, we call it a paradigm. If you're one of our some people believe differently, they look, you look at the same thing and you see two different things. You ever wonder how that happens? It's because of our paradigm. That's our worldview is a paradigm. You may have heard the term paradigm shift. God, when you go with God, that is a huge paradigm shift. And how does it play out? That's why so many people do not understand or agree with you. It's because you have taken a huge paradigm shift into the view of God. Well, I don't believe this or that. Well, I do. And that is why your believing is stupid. Sin is stupid. Sin will destroy you and spit you out and throw you to the side and go into the next person to turn into a pile of garbage. That's what sin will do. Why would you choose sin? When there's no hope, knows, knows no purpose other than hell at the end of the life, sin will destroy you. Does it not tell us what Satan is here to do? Kill, steal, and destroy. I call that garbage. Because when he's done with you, that's what you have left. He will suck all the nutrients out of your spiritual growth. He'll suck everything out of you that has any eternal value. All of us have eternity awaiting us. Conform to this world. So we don't want to conform to this world. Know the difference between the world and God. Because the world will deceive you. Transform. Letting God do the changing. I like that. Transform. Letting God do the changing. Folks, it's impossible for you to do God's will on your own. You can't do it. 
It's impossible. But he makes all things possible. You have full, full potential in Christ to fulfill all he's called you to do. So transform, letting God do the changing. Not just our hearts, but our minds as well. He doesn't need our help. If what we are taking in is bad, we need to fix the leak. Things flow into the mind, into the heart. If we take every thought, do you see why he says this? If you take every thought captive, then your heart is protected. It starts with the mind. That's why we need to put on the mind of Christ. That's why there's the helmet of salvation. There's a reason why I use the term helmet for salvation. Because he wants your salvation to cover your mind. So that the rest of the body can be delivered and helped. Because you take control of your thoughts. And you have to do it. You've got to guard your mind, guard your heart. If you can do that, then your soul can prosper as John said was his wish for us, John the Beloved. I wish above all else you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Your soul can only prosper is if the spirit within you as a new believer is allowed to reign. See, God's going to reign in heaven, but he wants to reign right here. He wants to reign in your heart so that you can flow in His Spirit doing His will. Renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. Changing the way we think. It's very simple. You've got to change the way you think. Folks, there is not a single thing that you will do as a sin that you did not have control of. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. That's a revelation because we are all victims according to the world's standards today. We're all victims. We're all, oh, poor us. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive walls of misery. Oh, no, Eeyore. <clears throat> Renew your mind. You are responsible for every sin you commit, and you are responsible for whether you go to heaven or hell. You will choose this day. You'll serve. You know when you get tomorrow, you know what you do? You'll choose this day all over again. So you got to renew your mind. Take every thought captive. Change in the way we think, as mentioned. This is putting on the mind of Christ, and this way we know for ourselves. Wow, that's a big one. Did you hear what it said? We'll know for yourself. Folks, you need to participate in this walk with God. If all you do is quote scriptures and quote people and say what tell people what other people say, and you go to church and go through the motions, you go home, live your life out, come back, and start all over again, ground zero all over again, then you do not have a personal knowledge of God in your life. It's got to be personal. This is one-on-one -on -one all the way. And we miss it sometimes because we step out of that relationship and we go about something someone else tells us and we don't even check to see if it lines up with the Word of God. And I can give you one simple example. I was talking to a man when I was in radio at Praise 101. And uh, he called me as a Church of Christ believer. He did not believe God spoke anymore today and he didn't believe that God 
healed anymore. And I said, well, sir, let me ask you a question. What do I do when I see one? I stood behind a man that was a coal miner that was deaf for 10 years in one ear and was healed standing right in front of me. What am I going to do with that? What are you going to do when God is on the move, when God's working through people that walk with him? What are you going to do with it? Again, you're going to choose who you believe. See, here's what happens. The Word says, by his stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. You were healed. It's done. Done deal, Don. It's done deal. There's no argument needed. Don't need to debate it. Don't need to review it with someone chew on it and find out what other people think. Because that's what we do. I know people, I know one particular person that wanted to do something, and she went to one man of God after another until one of them agreed with her. We will, some people will not let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. They won't do it. And so with this gentleman, this Church of Christ gentleman, he, uh, like a lot of people, I'm assuming, he prayed for someone, they weren't healed. So he had to find an answer. Instead of putting it on us and our lack of faith or unbelief and a mixture of both, it's in Scripture, we assume that it must have meant something else. So we take the Scripture and we turn it into something else so that we can justify why we pray and no one's healed. No. The Word of God is final. It is a done deal with a huge period. There is nothing to add or take away. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it's finished. And what he was saying in essence was, everything I need to do to provide everything you need, it's finished. He will never have to get on the cross. When you pray for someone's healing, here's how we pray so many times. Lord, will you heal them? <clears throat> That's a question. I'm pretty smart, aren't I? That's a question. That means you have a choice of several answers. And when you do that, you do not need any faith at all. <clears throat> but when you pray for someone's salvation, do you pray, Lord, will you save them? No, we don't do that, do we? Why don't we do that? Because it's already done. He died on a cross once. He's not going to get on a cross again when someone else gets saved. His blood flows both ways. His blood, the translation says, is continually flowing. We have, we have to accept that. We have to choose. Yes, that's right. We have to choose that. So when you see Scripture and you don't see it manifest in your life, <clears throat> go to Jesus and say, what's, what's wrong? <clears throat> what am I missing here, Father? And he will speak to you and he'll help you. And I can guarantee it's going to require you going deeper. It is for all of us. See, when it says, choose you this day who you'll serve, it's also saying, choose you this day, will you fast for me? Choose you this day, will you spend more time in prayer with me? Choose you this day, will you give up some of your recreational time for me? That's what that's saying. Choose you this day who you'll serve in every category of your life. God wants to hit all the, hit all the places. Prove. Let God prove himself to you. He loves a good challenge. Malachi 3.10 says in the NLT, put me to, to the test. You know, love that? 
Put me to the test. God loves a good test. He loves a good challenge. And face it, we're a challenge. Right? When you look in the mirror, you go, I'm righteous. I don't see it. <laughs> but see, he's looking at your spirit. When he, folks, when he saved you, he gave you the same spirit that Jesus had. Identical. And so, therefore, that's why he said you can do greater things than me. Because he, he gave you everything he had. And when he got on the cross, <clears throat> he didn't have to suffer his stripes to, to save us. His stripes were for our body. You know what that tells me? It tells me he cares about every area of your life. Every nook and cranny of your life. He cares about you. Mike, he thinks you are awesome. You know why? Because you are. There's no one like you. There's no one that can do exactly what you're called to do. I say this over and again, but I, I got to emphasize it again. Every single one of you out here, there is nothing that you cannot do in Christ. And there's no one that can replace you. God feels, God has fill-ins all the time. He's the original Angie's list. I mean, who knows how many times he's calling out for people to fill in someone that didn't do their job, weren't there, didn't, wasn't on time, wasn't willing to do it, had other plans, didn't want to put Christ first. So he goes through his angels list and pulls out someone that's willing to be available. He does it all the time. That's why some of your answers come late, because he's working through someone over here that's not doing what they're supposed to do. So he's got to find someone else. Now you say, now, now John, that's a little wild, isn't it? No. Jesus has always chosen to work through people. He has always, the devil has to work with you. He has no authority. He has to work through your authority that you give him. But God didn't have to, but he chose to work through us. When he said, men will pour into your bosom, why did he say that? Because he works through men and women to answer certain things in your life. And if they don't do it, he's got to find someone else. And sometimes that holds up the answer you're waiting on. Oh, it's coming. God will never miss you because someone's unfaithful. He'll find someone because he will always have a remnant because he's always answering prayers to somebody helping us. And he does directly. I'm not saying he doesn't directly, but you and I need to realize that we're sometimes that man that pours into someone else's bosom. Amen? Sometimes we're the man and woman pouring into someone else. When God speaks to you to help someone financially, do you know it's because there's a prayer need and he heard that? He hears every prayer you pray, and he answers every prayer. It's not always the answer we want, but if it's in the Word of God, it's yes and amen every single time. Perfect. You will learn that his way is always best and perfect. Isn't it awesome? He's the best. He's perfect. He does all things well. He never fails. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. That's my God. That's my God. And perfect. He'll do all things well, and he does the best, and it's perfect because it is designed just for you. And that's big right here because what I'm getting to at this point is God is that personal. Whatever it is in your life, God 
cares. You may not sense he's there sometimes. You may feel like heaven's brass. You may feel, but folks, you never have to pray any higher than your nose. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. And that same spirit, isn't that awesome? Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same spirit's going to quicken and heal your mortal body. That's personal, folks. And that's what he wants us to know, is that his perfect will is the best, and it's very personal. Do you realize that because he created you before you were born in your mother's womb, his DNA is on you from the start? And you and I are supposed to leave his DNA everywhere we go. So that when people trace back, who was it that helped that lady cross the road? Who was it that gave them that car? Well, sir, we tracked the DNA back to Jerry Fall. Put a name in there. We traced his DNA back to God. That's how close you are to him. That's how personal this thing is. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. As we close at this morning, I hope this is helping you because I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that God, that God thinks you're awesome. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you failed. God thinks you're awesome because if you ever give your life to him, all he sees is your spirit. That's why he can say when we get to heaven, enter in that good and faithful servant, Mike. Enter in because all he sees is Jesus in you. That doesn't give us liberty to sin. As Paul said, therefore, do we have liberty to sin? No, not at all. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that if you want to do God's will, you will not desire to sin. Right, honey? You won't desire it. You'll have, you, you may fall. You may slip and fail. When Sith and I apologize to each other, it's something going on, whatever. If we simply repent and go on not desiring, to sin. That's what we're getting at. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 as we close. The East um, English Standard Version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Now that's a scripture we all know probably even by heart. But think about the, the, the relevance and the seriousness and the revelation of this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means every airy nook and cranny of your heart. You know, we can't hide anything from God, but do you try to, to pretend that you do? No, he knows everything. Just talk to him about everything. And do not lean on your own understanding. Do not go by what you think initially. Always look to the Word of God. Always seek counsel. Always listen in quiet meditation, as we talked about the other day, uh, to the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Don't lead you in understanding. It'll get you in trouble almost every single time. Because your, your understanding is connected to your flesh. Your five senses. And he will make straight your paths. Isn't that awesome? He won't just show you the way. It's straight. Remember I said a while ago, honesty is the straightest line between A and B. God's will is a straight line. As my GPS will say, as the crow flies. That's a straight line. Because you don't travel on a straight line. You got bridges and roads and tunnels. But we 
can travel spiritually in a straight path. If you ask Jesus, now listen to this. If you ever ask your GPS directions to heaven, it will say only as the crow flies because it is a straight line. And how long does it take to get there? A single breath. That's how short it is. God, we praise you. We bless you. We thank you that you have called us not to our calling first, but first to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to you. Oh, proven through our faithfulness to be acceptable, to put a smile on your face, to bless you, which is why we're here, is to bless you. It says, God, you say it's impossible to please you without faith. That means we can please you. Isn't that awesome? Oh, God, we want to please you. And I pray everyone listening, delayed or present live today, that they'll reach out and take every promise of God, every promise physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, financially, spiritually, in every way. Reach out right now, every one of you, and take a hold of God. Give Him your life. Turn it over to Him. Let Him dwell in you. Be that new spirit that is without spot and blemish or wrinkle in you. Take it receive it. It's yours today. Don't wait. He is calling you right now to accept Him and do His will. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please hit like and share. Leave comments, what city, country you're listening from, prayer requests, praise reports. Love to hear from you. Put them in the comment section. We'd love to hear them. Please share this so that we can get the word out. And we'll see you in two weeks. We'll be gone next week. But in two weeks for part four of A Living Sacrifice. Got a great conclusion coming up on showing why A Living Sacrifice is a place. Amen. Thank you so much.